I want to welcome everyone to our series, Becoming Who You Are, Goddard Campus, Valley Center, those of you who are watching online. It's great to be able to dig back into this series. I hope it's been encouraging, so important for us to understand who we are in Christ. Well, I want to ask, do we have any pranksters in the room? Man, anybody? Uh, some of you are looking down at a family member, you're like, it's you, you know, you you are always, here's what I want to say about those of you who are great pranksters. I know some of you, we've already like got you off track because you're going back and remembering that epic moment, that great prank that you pulled. I want to say this to you. You're the reason so many of us have trust issues. You know, I just, <laughs> just want you to know that. You know, there are uh, great pranks and I love to uh, hear them. I, I actually like record them, you know, in my mind so I can like see, can I do that someday? But here's one that my in-laws say, uh, they talk about in our family often. They go back and remember a couple that they were good friends with when they first got married. And they became good friends over the course of their lifetime. But when they first got married, my in-laws went on their honeymoon and decided to have their friends watch their house. I want to tell you, this was not a good idea. Their friends decided to come in and, and go throughout the rooms and to figure out what pranks would be great to pull. And so they had different pranks in different places in the house. But here was the one that I love. They went into my in-law's kitchen and took all the labels off everything. So you can only imagine. For the first few months of their marriage, it was opening up it to see, here's what we're having for dinner. You know, you have no idea what it's going to be. You know, here's the thing about labels. The truth is, we can't live without them. I mean, labels are so important. They tell us what's good in life. They also can tell us what's dangerous. They inform us. that They're just part of how we do life. We're, we're always looking for the label to understand what's on the inside. But what if we didn't plaster labels on things, but rather people? You know, the first week, Pastor Elliot, he talked to us about what it would look like for each of us to write a label for ourselves. Now, if you had to write a label for yourself, what would it be? Pastor Elliot talked about, you know, really he had seasons of life where he took on different labels. But I want to flip the question. Here's what I want to ask. What if you asked everyone else to write a label for you? What would that look like? What would you want them to say about you? Man, when I was eight years old, I, I played on a baseball team, and I'll tell you, I was an average player. But if you asked me then what I wanted my label to be, it wasn't great fielder, phenomenal hitter, it was cool. You know, that's what I wanted everyone to say. You know, Hutch is cool. And so I, I begged my parents for this to try to help me get this cred. I asked them to give me this. Look, here we go. Big League Chew. Anybody ever remember this? Anybody ever get this? Big League Chew. This is gum. This is not tobacco. I don't want you to think my parents are terrible, you know. This is what we used in the day when we wanted to be like the big leaguers. All of them chewed. Back when I was a kid, there weren't all these commercials about the harmful effects of tobacco. And so if you're going to be a baseball player, man, you had to chew. And so I begged my parents, man, I've got to have some big league chew so that I can be cool. I'm sure I'm the only one, right? Nobody else ever struggled with this. 
How about some of you beauty queens? You know, you, you ever bring pictures out of your high school years and your kids laugh at them? All the hairdos, the outrageous outfits. Ladies, do you ever remember this hairdo? And this is awesome. Can anybody say the 80s? I, I want to tell you, um, the hairspray industry was killing it back then. I mean, they were making loads of money. Or maybe for the guys, you know, you took a little different angle. You wanted to be known as a rebel, and so you went with this haircut. This is how you kind of knew. You know, the good old rat tail. Well, I'll tell you, as a dad, um, man, I'm having my laughs too. Because my kids now, they're, they're trying to hit the mark. You know, they want to be cool. And the other day, my daughter walked in the house with a pair of jeans like this. I was like, baby, what happened to your jeans? Like, the front of them are gone. Did you have to pay for those? Did you get those at Goodwill? I don't know, you know? But we like these labels, you know, words that people speak over us. We want to have them identify us a certain way. You know, I have to ask, if I were to go into your workplace, your neighborhood, maybe your school, what would people write as your label? What would they say about you? That might be interesting. But what if you went to your spouse? Or parents, you went to your kids, or kids, you went to your parents, and you asked them to write a label? What would that label look like? What would they say about you? I hope a lot of good things. You know, I think for most of us, we've received a lot of good things have been spoken about us in our life, hopefully affirming labels. But we've also had some bad ones. Now, we've had some labels that have been hurtful, they've been harmful, and a lot of times spoken in haste. And maybe it was like this. Maybe someone said to you, you're just like your father. And it wasn't a compliment. Really, the label they were giving you was failure. That's what you heard. It wasn't, once again, something that was praiseworthy. It was something that was hurtful. Or maybe they said this, you'll never amount to anything. What did you start wearing, that label? I'm incapable. You start believing these things, that they become like soundtracks. It could even be this, I really wish you weren't on our team. You ever hear that when you were a kid? really wish you weren't around. You start to feel unwanted. You know, or it may have been this in your home or, or someone that you work with said, can't you ever figure it out? And all of a sudden you start hearing this word or you wear this label, I'm dumb. Or it may have been this, you know, someone just would say, you're so embarrassing to be around. You, know, you, you hear that and that word to you starts identifying yourself as a fool. Here's the problem with words with these labels that we start to take on, they're really sticky. They start to stick to us. We start believing them. And the closer the person is to us, the harder it is to really replace those hurtful labels in our life. You know, they, they create in us really insecurity, fear, that, that maybe I am what they say I am. You know, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. We start to struggle with these things. 
You know, and I haven't even gotten to social media. I mean, now you have this wide audience who can label you however they want. They, they see something on your social media outlet and they begin to pick up on what they perceive you're trying to say or who you are and then they start to identify you, to label you a certain way. And marketing companies, they have picked up on this. I mean, I want you to know that marketing companies today spend billions, not millions, but billions of dollars trying to create that perfect label so you and I will chase after it. So now it's all about the heart, right? You're trying to chase that heart on your social media page. You want more followers. You know, you're really trying to make sure you get the thumbs up because you want to be able to identify with everyone else. And really what it's doing in you and I is it's creating an approval addiction. We just go around compromising. We go around trying to be part of the crowd. We're just trying to fit in. And let me be clear about this. There are many things on your webpage or your social media Facebook page or Instagram or whatever it may be that really identify the great things that are going on in your life. Your kid that like scored the winning goal. You know, that, that's awesome to see. I love it. Your Christmas decorations in your house. I know everybody's getting in gear with that. You know, that big buck you just shot. I, I like all that stuff. Not the Christmas decorations so much, but the other stuff I really like. But if we get in a place where honestly... We're always reading the comment section on our social media post. We're trying to think through, man, did, did I please, did, did people really see me the way I wanted to be seen? If we're always doing that, we're in dangerous territory. Now, I don't think we can live life and really just not give a flip about what anybody thinks about us. I, I actually don't think you and I could live that way. I mean, we're not... We're not made that way. That's not the way God hardwired us even. But here's probably the important question for us. Whose approval is most important to you? I think that's what we have to really consider as we think about who we are. I want you to think about this question as we dig into God's Word together. If you have your Pathway app, I want you to open it there. Um, you'll be able to tap into where we're at you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to read a passage that really begins to answer the question. And the question probably isn't so much about whose approval is most important. We probably should refine it a little bit and have it really be whose approval should be most important. I mean, that's where you and I need to be. I want to tell you, I'm going to share a scripture with you today, and if you don't have a favorite verse in the Bible, this will be a contender. I want you to really think about this answer because God has something that he wants to say about you. Now, I've changed it just a little bit here because I want it to have a personal impact. And so where it said us, I replaced it with you. Here's how it reads. Even before he, God, made the world, God loved you and chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. 
God decided in advance to adopt you into his own family by bringing you to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. I love that. This is what God wanted to do. And read on. And it gave him, what does it say? Great pleasure. Man, God is saying this. It gave me great pleasure not to create the world, but to create you before the world. Man, I want to let you know, when you think about the expanse of the cosmos and this planet that we live on, I want to let you know that God was thinking about you before he was thinking about that. And God is trying to tell us something here. It's not only that he thought about you, but that he desired in advance to adopt you into his family. Don't you love that? I love the thought that God intended for me to be a part of his family even before I was born. This is a powerful thing. I love watching first-time parents, don't you? They're, They're kind of a blast. You know, they get so fired up. I mean, everything is like huge. All the planning that goes on. I actually reminisce when I see a first-time parent because I'm like, Sarah and I were like that. You know, we thought about everything. The car seat. I mean, I must have researched 50 car seats because you wanted to find the one that was safe. Do you remember the car seat you used to ride around in for those of us old? Yeah. It barely had a seatbelt on it. You know, that's the truth. But we planned, we wanted it right, we wanted our kids to be safe. We thought about the nursery. I mean, the paint, everything in the nursery, the chair that we would sit in and rock them back to sleep. Hardly ever happened, right? But we planned on it. That's what we wanted to do. I want to let you know this. God planned on you and I in great detail. It wasn't something that God said, you know what, I'm just going to put you on the planet and just kind of see how it goes. I'll let you fend for yourself, make a name for yourself. No, God was purposeful. Here's what the writer in Psalm says. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I want you to know that that's what God thinks about you. That God has created every single detail of your life and for your life. God knew you before you were born. He knew you before the creation of the world. And you didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it. It's just what God wanted to do. And God labeled you and I. I mean, he labeled us with a label that is powerful. It's the most powerful label that he could give you and I. We've been talking about it in this series, and I want you to hear it again. Here's how he labeled you, in Christ. There's not a better label that God could give you. 
And he wants you to know that you are in Christ. You are in his son. You are in his love. You are in his plan to rescue you and I from the bad parts of our life so we can live the best parts of our life. I mean, that's what God wanted to do. And I want you to know that the writer, man, here in this letter to the church of Ephesus, he writes about it again and again, 33 times in this letter. He says that you are in Christ. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. God wants you to know that you are secure in Christ. Once again, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we deserve. It doesn't have to do with something that someone said about you or didn't say about you. It all has to do with God. God created security. But I want to tell you this. Man, the world, not so much. I mean, the world has this habit of trying to tear us down. It's what we do to one another. We, we try to tear each other down. We try to label each other. We're unkind. We're impatient. We're hateful. This is the way of the world, not the way of God. And Paul wants us to understand this too, so he wrote about it to another church. Here, here's what he said. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers, look at it, of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you will be raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. I just want you to know, man, the world's never going to do it for you. These philosophies of the world, their viewpoints, how we interact relationally, I mean, they're not always from God. Once again, we harm each other. We're hurtful. We're competitive. And because of that, sometimes we bring out the worst in each other. I mean, these philosophies of the world aren't the philosophies of God. It's not his viewpoint. What is God's viewpoint of you and I being in Christ? It was just what we celebrated here at all of our campuses. We were buried with Christ so we could be risen to new life. Anybody excited about that? I mean, I, I want to tell you, if you don't have anything to celebrate today, there it is. You and I get to be the very best version of ourselves. That's incredible. And, and every time we blow it, every time we miss the mark, Jesus is going, I got that. I covered that. Now you have an opportunity to walk a new life. And here's what he would say, so walk in it. Own it. Be the person that I intended for you to be. Don't just continue to have a pattern where you're harming others or harming yourself, but be free to walk in that identity. Become who you are because I gave you everything you need. Now, I love the fact that we get to celebrate people taking spiritual steps. I love the symbol of baptism 
where it does represent a burial and new life, where it represents that we get to get clean. We get a new start. And God wants you to know that about you. You have been created fearfully and wonderfully. So how do you put it in play? That really becomes the question. Now, how do we go through life and not believe these hurtful, harmful things that have been spoken to us? These labels that we wear, and hear me say clearly, it doesn't mean that it's a label that's spoken a month ago or last week or even today. Some of us hang on to labels that were spoke decades ago. How do you release yourself from that? Well, I want to give you two questions to ask so you can make sure, so that I can make sure that we get the soundtrack right. The first question is this, is it true? When you're evaluating one of those labels that were hurtful or harmful in your life, I want you to ask this, is is it true? That has to be our first filter. Because there are so many things that have been spoken about us that just aren't true. And we just need to be able to run it through that filter and go, that's not true about me, so I'm going to release that, or I'm going to reject that. I'm not going to walk with that label. I'm taking that label off, leaving it, and I'm moving forward. But here's the truth. Some things, even things that we wouldn't want to be said about us, are true. It's called sin. And sometimes we're not the best version of ourselves, and someone may find us in that moment, and they may declare something over us. And so then you have this compromised state where you're really trying to figure out, okay, I think there may be some truth to that because my behavior demonstrated it. I want you to go to the next question then. Is it helpful? Is it helpful? I mean, is it helpful for you to think of yourself this way? I want to tell you in my home, I occasionally blow it. I know it's like you're surprised, right? You know, occasionally I blow it. Blow it. Usually when I blow it, it's because I'm anxious about something or I'm fearful of something. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm Irish. And so at some level, I just get angry, man. I just, I have to watch it. But my, my kids could write a label for me and go, dad is mad, you know? He's an angry dude, you know? Once in a while, they could say that about me. And I could put that on myself and start wearing it. Or I could ask myself, yeah, it's, it's been true a few times, but really in reflecting, is it helpful to me? It's not. It's not helpful for you and I to see ourselves as a victim or as powerless or incapable because once again, God has given us everything we need. And so now the point is to walk in that, to walk in that new label, that new identity. And so when you have these labels that you're dealing with in life, I want to encourage you to make sure you're running them through these two filters, these questions. Is it true? Is it helpful? You know, this week I was thinking about a friend who struggles with a learning disability. And my friend has struggled with this learning disability all of their life. You know, because of this learning disability, um, they wear some labels. The labels are, I'm dumb, I'm slow, I'm always behind, I don't feel like I fit in, I don't belong. 
And truthfully, some of these labels too have been self-inflicted. They're just things my friend has believed about herself. And some of them have been spoken over her. And I want to tell you, um, every kid looks forward to the first day of school. Virtually everyone, right? So they look forward to getting back with their friends. They look forward to getting back in school. Not my friend. My friend did not like school because it was a stressful environment. It seemed like everyone around her was conquering written language, but for her, she just couldn't figure it out. She struggled to read, and so she learned to adapt. She started watching her friends in the class, and whenever her friends began to turn the page in their book, she would turn the page also. She began to watch their eyes and She watched him track on the page from left to right, and so she started moving her eyes from left to right so that she would fit in, so it would look like she belonged, but she was an imposter. My friend, trying to figure out how to fit in, began to develop a relationship with her teacher. Every time the teacher asked for something to be done, my friend would raise her hand, and she would quickly respond, you know, because she wanted to really, once again, be a part of that classroom. Well, one day, my friend just had all she could stand. She blew up at the teacher. It's very uncommon for her, shared some things in a hurtful way. And that teacher, like any good teacher, called the parents that evening and said, hey, this happened and I'm confused. I don't know why. When that little girl came home that day, you know, my friend, her parents said to her, hey, we got a call from school today. And immediately she burst into tears. And she began for the first time sharing how difficult it was for her to read. She began to share all the labels that she believed about herself. I'm so dumb. I can never figure things out. I'm the only one who deals with this. You can imagine her parents I mean, they they went, we're going to do everything we can. It was actually the best day of her life because they poured all kinds of resources to help her. But even better than that, as the months went on and she gained confidence and learned to read in a stronger way, that was cool. But what was really awesome was watching her shed the labels, the things that she had believed about herself or the things that people spoke about her. And now she took on labels like this, I am capable, I'm a hard worker, I'm gritty. And just this weekend, my friend stood on a stage and spoke to a number of people about her journey with dyslexia. It was awesome. One in five people struggle with dyslexia. That was new news for my friend as she started to learn. And my friend is our daughter, Kate, now 19. You know, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful for her journey, but I'm more grateful as a dad who loves her immensely that she's been able to discard the things that she told herself about herself or things that have been spoken about her. And I want to let you know it's a beautiful thing when we start replacing the identity of the world with God's identity. It's an incredible thing. You know, here's the truth. It's no longer I'm a failure, 
but it's I'm an overcomer. That's who you are in Christ. You're not a failure, you're an overcomer. Man, I want you to know that. I mean, that, that's something that you and I need to believe. And it's no longer, I'll never get it right. It's now I'm empowered. God has given me what I need. And, and we get to believe that in this new identity. And it's no longer, hey, there's no one that want me, but it's that you're desired. God desires you. Scripture tells us that he wakes up each day and he looks for you. He looks for you. God doesn't wake up, but he looks for you each day. You and I get the opportunity to be desired. I want to tell you, Scripture says this too, you're not an embarrassment anymore, but you're delightful. Man, do you believe that? Are you walking in that believing that you are delightful? Man, that God is up in heaven going, that's my kid. So excited about what they're going to do today. I want to tell you, for all of us, it's so easy to take these labels and have them stick in our lives. These hurtful things, harmful things, these toxins that we started believing that were said about us maybe years ago, or, or these things that we believe about ourselves because we just watch everyone else and it looks like we don't belong, like we don't fit in, we're not good enough. But I want to tell you, man, God's identity for you is secure, it is in Christ, and it's time for you to start believing it so that you can live a life that God wants you to live. I want to go back as we wrap up, and I want to look at this verse together. I've modified it again because, man, I want it to have personal impact for you. And we're going to read this together right here at the end. But this week, I'd like for you to go and reflect on it. Don't just allow it to be a part of this weekend, but allow it to be a part of the rhythm of your life, your days, so that you can start seeing the way yourself, the way that God desires for you to be seen. So let's read this together. So good. Here we go. You guys ready? Even before he made the world, God loved me and chose me in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God desired in advance to adopt me into his own family by bringing me to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And what does it say? It gave him, man, I love that. I want to let you know that you give God great pleasure. He delights in you. And today, as we spend time reflecting in prayer, I want you to ask yourself, are there some things that I have hung on to that I believe about myself that aren't true or that aren't helpful? And how do you take those steps to continue to allow God's words of affirmation and love to be really felt in your life in your mind, and in your heart. So let's do this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you would close your eyes and bow your heads. And I do just want to give you a moment just to search, to be willing to identify any hurtful label 
any harmful spoken word that you've believed. And, and I want you to admit it. That's the first step for us all to go, yeah, you know what, I, I have. I believe that I've hung on to that. And if that's you and you want to be free from that today, then I want you just to raise your hand. At all of our campuses, raise your hand to acknowledge, yes, I, I've held on to some labels. I've held on to some harmful, hurtful things. If you're watching online, you can put, I have. Man, so many people in the room. I know it's true because I've done this in my life. It's easy to do. I just want to pray for us that God would give us really the wisdom and really the willingness to accept his identity that he's spoken over you and I so we can become who he wants us to be. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the acknowledgement, Lord, that we were willing to have in sharing and identifying things that we believed about ourselves that either aren't true or aren't helpful, but more importantly, they're not things that you believe about us, that you've spoken over us. So Lord, this week, may we be the people that would really walk in freedom and may we be the people that look like your family because now we're out there speaking words over others that are kind, that build them up according to what they need. And so Lord, would you allow us to do that well? Help us not keep living the way the world lives, but to be seen as different. We pray this in Jesus' name. You know, as we're still praying here, I, I want to ask this question as well. Do you believe what Jesus has said about you? Do you believe that you can be forgiven, that you can live a new life? Do you think that God has created labels for you that are affirming, that are encouraging, that would inspire you to do even greater things? Do you believe that? And if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus and you're still holding on to all those hurts, those sinful patterns of your life, then I want to encourage you today just to be willing to surrender that so you can experience what it means to be a part of his family, what it looks like to be his son or his daughter. And if that's you and you know you should do that, then I just want to encourage you just to allow me to uh, lead you in this prayer. Pray this in the stillness of your heart. Father, I come, and I come, Lord, um, with labels that would be identified as broken, labels that are be identified as lonely, labels that would look like, Lord, helplessness, powerlessness, powerlessness. Father, I, I just pray that you would give me the strength, not because of what I do, but because I am in Christ to be forgiven, to release these things of my past and to walk in the newness of life. Jesus, I pray that you would rescue me. I want to be a part of your family. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for creating me. Now would you lead me each and every day in months and years to come. You know, with everyone's head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, 
at any of our campuses, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand to identify the fact that you prayed that prayer to accept Jesus. You want to experience what it looks like to live as part of God's family. Man, if you're watching online, you just have to put in there, I prayed. We want to follow up with you. We're excited about journeying together. So grateful for the decisions we've made. And so, Father, I come. I come, Lord, as a person who is continuing to learn and grow and be the person that you desire for me to be. I thank you, Lord, that we are not caught in labels, in words, in an identity that we don't desire. But, Lord, there is freedom. There's freedom each day for your spirit to guide us and lead us to be the people that we long to be. And so, Jesus, I pray this week that we as your church would go out and share your light and your life. For it's in your name that we pray.